Hello, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm going to talk with you about decision fatigue. I think it's something that we all struggle with, maybe to varying degrees, and maybe at different times, it's worse than at other times. But especially as we are, you know, just taking care of our homes, taking care of our children, whenever our children have extra specific needs that require more decisions for their care, it can just really start to overwhelm us and add up and just kind of get us to this place where we feel like we cannot make another decision and we will oftentimes just just shut down. So we're going to just chat about that today, maybe some ideas to help you with overcoming and stopping yourself from getting to the point of having decision fatigue. So let's get started. Welcome to the Special Kind of Motherhood podcast. This podcast is for moms who are parenting differently able children. Maybe you desire to switch to a more natural lifestyle to improve your family's health, but you have no idea where to start. You're longing for more routines and time, but every time you try to implement those tips that you've spent hours researching, you realize that they don't work for your family dynamics. Hi, I'm Ashley. In this podcast, we will focus on implementing routines, switching to a more natural lifestyle, and uprooting those old mindsets that are keeping you stuck so that you can plant yourself firmly in the truth that Jesus offers you. Our focus will be on creating small, customizable changes that will build upon one another over time to create real impact in your life. If you want to hear from a mama who has been raising several children with special needs and who knows how important it is to do this in a way that's sustainable and that doesn't add to your overwhelm, then this is the podcast for you. Pop in those earbuds, reheat that coffee for the third time, and let's go. Okay, I think first and foremost, we have to know what is decision fatigue. So it is said to be basically you're becoming depleted after you are making too many decisions. Some symptoms of decision fatigue, and these are certainly, this is not an exhaustive list by any means, but this just could kind of give you a little bit of an idea to see if maybe you're falling into the category for some of these symptoms. It would be an increase in negative feelings, analysis paralysis. This is the main one I struggle with. Feeling drained. Uh, struggling with procrastination, overwhelmed or feeling hopeless, and brain fog. There are also other symptoms as well, but those are a lot of the main ones that I found. I've experienced several of those, though my main one is analysis paralysis because I do like to research. So I will often take in a lot of information and then do nothing with it because I don't know what to do. And that's something the Lord has been kind of growing me out of. It's definitely been a process, but yeah, I would, you know, I think we have to look at this and see, and like I said, this could kind of come in seasons or you may be in a season right now where you are dealing with this decision fatigue and you're struggling. And so I just want to talk about some ideas because it's something I have personally struggled with. And it's actually something that I actively try to fight against in my life. So I set up systems in my life and I try to minimize the amount of decisions that I have to make for this exact reason, because I have noticed if I am expecting myself to make too many decisions, I do end up having a lot of these negative side effects from that. And I've also just noticed the difference whenever I am just streamlining things in my home, making it where I have to make a decision once and not have to make that same decision again for quite a while. I just feel a lot less mental overwhelm. I just feel like things feel lighter. I hope that makes sense. Some of the things that I do in order to help reduce the amount of decisions that I have to make would be to buy in bulk. 
So I've talked before about like my cleaning supplies and stuff like that. I buy enough for several months and then I don't think about it again, you know, until it's starting to get low. I'm not having to restock the primary things that we're using in our home on a daily basis every single week. Obviously, there are perishable things that I'm having to get, you know, fruits, vegetables, milk, although I actually buy all of our milk at once, once a month, and then I will store it and then freeze it. And that's another example, like buy all the milk once and then I'm not worried about are we going to run out of milk or laundry detergent. I'm not thinking every single time I go to make a grocery list, oh no, am I about to run out? Oh, I better go check and see. I don't think about those things. I have them stored. It's all together. I can quickly glance at, you know, how much laundry detergent do I have? How much of my all-purpose cleaner do I have? How much of my hand soap do I have? The same with a lot of the foods that we use. Like I buy oats. My children eat these bars. And we make them for them. And I will buy oats, peanut butter, chocolate chips. All the stuff that goes in the bars, I buy in large quantity. So I will um, just buy as much as I can in bulk so that I'm not constantly, or if I'm in the middle of a project, I'm not running out of stuff. It's just that it just creates less stress. And obviously you have to do this within the bounds of like your space and your budget. But we do not live in a large home and I've just gotten creative with our space. And just being able to keep stuff in bulk. So there are definitely ways to do this. And like I said, you could even start with just focusing on the things that you use the most or the things that you find yourself running out of the most that feel, it just feels like a lot to manage. That's where I would start. Another thing is creating routines. And the the thing with a routine is that it should be something that is a habit over time. So you're not thinking about it. Like I have had the habit of getting up every single morning and starting a load of laundry. And it's comical because I will find myself doing it without even thinking about it. And that is actually the goal with a routine is that we want to make it a habit that we're doing without even thinking about. Because that's going to take away a lot of the stress and overwhelm and that feeling like it's on your to-do list. Because if it's a habit, that's not the kind of space it's taking up in your brain. And so my goal is always... How can I make these things become a habit, especially the things that I know I need to do, like picking out clothes on the weekend for my kids? I just need those things to be a habit. And that just has helped me tremendously. Another thing would be creating a meal list. And some people love to do like a weekly, I'm going to plan a different set of meals every single week. I personally don't like that. I think it's kind of overwhelming to try to come up with something from scratch every single week. You could do it, and I have done before, where you could do like a rotation where you might have like a set list of meals, like two set weeks of meals, and you just switch them out, rotate them out. You could do that. I like to do where like per season we have 10 to 12 meals that we're going to consistently eat, and I'll sit down and talk with my husband about it. We're moving into the next season. What are some meal ideas that you would really like to have during this season? And then I just always make sure that also helps with like grocery shopping because I'm not constantly looking at a recipe, trying to find new ingredients. You know, we will try like in that 10 to 12 category of food or that 10 to 12 recipes, we might have some new recipes, but I'm not having to decide like every single week or every few weeks, oh, are we trying a new recipe and do I need to look at it and what do I have? What do I not have? It's not this whole big thing because I just have a basically a set menu that we can just rotate through. I know, okay, I need these staple items for this season and I'm always going to be getting those things. 
if I'm starting to run out of them in my pantry. And there are times, you know, if I have like the mental space, because I enjoy cooking and baking. So there are times that I do try new recipes, but that's because I want to and not because I I feel like I have to and it's not creating stress for me. It's more of like a creative outlet. And I think that's the big difference. It doesn't mean you have to be married to these 10 or 12 recipes and you can never try anything new. It's just taking that feeling of like drudgery out of it where, oh my goodness, I have to come up with new recipes. No, I don't. I have a I have a list. And if I have the space to do an, a new one, something new and fun, I get to. And that's great. And the other great thing about this is that you can also pick your menu based around seasonal foods, which will save you money because typically you can find seasonal foods on sale. So if you're picking your menu basically with the seasons, you're going to be able to save money that way. And I also think it's super important. And my husband and I, sometimes we're hit or miss about doing this, but it's so helpful for us to set aside time like on the weekend with to sit down with each other and just look through the calendar, write down and just communicate about any kind of events we have going on. Just basically kind of touching base with each other about the events of the week, what we have planned, what we need to get done, just creating that touch point of communication with one another, I think can also help greatly because you already, you feel ahead for the week versus I'm running behind and I'm just trying to keep up with the day's events. And I've noticed like my husband will tell me he really appreciates whenever I do make the time to do that because it's me taking the time to include him in on my schedule while I'm home with the kids and him just being aware of things that's going on. So he's not, you know, finding out last minute, oh, we have an appointment or whatever. It's just taking that time to be intentional, I think, with planning and communicating with your spouse. Another thing that I have found is, especially if you're like me and you have children who have food aversions and you feel like you're constantly trying to get them to try new foods, that can feel very overwhelming. So something that I have found to be extremely helpful with that is to create, basically set options for food, new things I'm trying and then to rotate them. So like we might be trying pears and we're going to try pears for two weeks and I'm not going to be, and maybe something else. I'm just using this as an example. It wouldn't probably be only pears, but I just use that as like a guideline. So when I go to the grocery store, I'm going to get enough to last that two weeks and Then at every meal, I'm not sitting there stressed out trying to think, okay, what new thing can I try to introduce to them or, you know, show them again so that hopefully they will start to become familiar familiar with it, start to become curious about it and be willing to try it. I don't do that. I just have set foods that we're going to try and then we rotate out and we just go that way because I don't want to have to think about it at every single meal or worse yet to not plan, and then not even be offering them new foods because I just am giving them the same stuff that I know they will eat because I'm stressed out, overwhelmed, and I don't have the mental space to even plan to offer them new foods. I think another thing is just making sure that you are writing your to-do list down on paper. Don't just keep all of that information in your head. You need to, it's just, it's something that happens in the brain whenever we take it from our head and we use pen and paper, and we actually write it down. That is going to reduce the level of stress you have. Taking the time to just jot down the things that are weighing on us, especially like our to-dos and those types of things. If we can just take the time, keep like a note card with you 
and just quickly write down the things you need to do. And then you can organize them later, however you need to organize them. But I have noticed if I will be intentional also about taking the time to write this stuff down, it just gets it out of my head onto paper. I feel like, okay, I don't have to sit here thinking about it over and over, afraid that I'm going to forget it because I know I'm not going to forget it because I wrote it down. And along with that, I think there's the idea that we actually do have to be very careful and just paying attention to what are we actually telling ourselves about the things that we need to get done. And notice the way I said that, need to get done. (laughs) Instead of saying something like the things that I get to do, just changing the way we're talking about stuff can make such a big difference. Because if I'm talking about it in a way that is going to fill me with dread, is going to make me feel like it's a chore, then of course I'm not going to feel good about doing that thing. Whereas if I will say it in a, if I just reframe that and I say, oh, I get to do this today, or, you know, I am so excited that I am going to get, I'm going to get this thing taken care of today and I'm going to get it off of my to-do list instead of saying, oh, I have to do this thing today. I think just being mindful about how am I talking about the stuff that I am going to be working on or how am I talking about the events that are going on in my life. Even with cleaning our house, like I have to clean the house. Or instead, I get to clean the house and I know I'm going to feel so much better whenever I look back and the house is clean. I'm going to feel so accomplished and I can't wait to do that. So those are just some of my quick, like I kind of did just like a overview of the tips. And I will probably do more podcast episodes on some of these where we actually dive into them a little bit deeper. This was just kind of like an overview basically of some quick hitting tips that you can do to try to decrease decision fatigue in your home and just with yourself. If you feel like you do struggle with decision fatigue, I would love to know, are there any things, any types of tips that you have found that have really helped you to kind of overcome that? Are there things that you have noticed make it worse? What is your personal experience with this? I would love for you to reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram, send me a message and just share with me what your experience is. Have you tried any of these these tips? Do you have more tips that you have seen that help you greatly in this area of decision fatigue or not? So that is all and I will see you back next time. Hey, before you go, if you found value in today's episode or you learned something new, would you take a minute to share with someone else that you know would be blessed by it? I would also love it if you would leave me a review. This lets me know that you're enjoying the show and I love hearing from you. You can connect with me further over on Facebook or Instagram. Until next time, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constantly in prayer. Romans 12, 12.